Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. Right here on St. Patrick's Day, where everything is green and we're waiting for the snow to go so we can see that lawn. Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, that sounds a little Irish, too. Oh, well, let's turn on your microphone there. Just a wee bit. Just That's a... much better, yes. All right, good. How have you been? I have been well. How have good. you been? So far, so good. Yes. Like Still they say, looking for Irish coffee, though, this morning. Yeah, somebody promised them. Yeah. No, 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 they, they didn't. didn't. No, we're, just, we're just joking. I'd be asleep in half hour in Me spite too. of the caffeine. Me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, 27 is our current temp, uh, Teresa, and we're heading for uh, about 46 or so today. So more melting going on. But we had, as you know, uh, Sam Bauer. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kate, Kate here, uh, yeah, well, well uh, last week, last yes. couple of weeks. And again, uh, those, those of us who are anxious to get out there in the yard, yes. don't walk on it yet. No, don't. If, too if squishy. The, if it's way too squishy. If the ground is squishy, don't walk on it. It's that simple. A lot of folks, I know we'll be getting a text message. When can I rake? Um, when the ground's not squishy and it's all dried. <laughs> that's, that's right. So you're probably looking at another good month and a half, two months there. You and I were talking about um, uh, maybe maybe some maple syrup is happening at the, uh, at Arboretum. the Arboretum. Right. Just had some uh, last week for the first time in years. The real maple syrup wow. is quite different. It's, it really it's, is. It's an amazing product, yes. But in the meantime, if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, now is your chance. You can talk to a master gardener. Uh, and we do get... Not master gardeners as is yourself. We do get those mm-hmm. as listeners, but we get beginners, beginners. So exactly. don't be shy. This is don't not just shy. about master no, gardeners. No, this no, is it for can you. be anything. Even if yeah. you don't know, you have a plant and you don't know what side goes in the ground. Yeah. We'll help you out there, you know. The number one leisure time activity in the whole United States, above all sports, et cetera, gardening. is gardening. Just followed that? by birding. Yeah, bird that's watching. Right. That's yes. And the two are such a such a crossover. You can do either one crossover. Connected, absolutely. Really They're easy. They're not to, mutually exclusive. They are not. Sure. It's really easy to get on that slippery slope and and jump on both of them. Let's uh, let's give the phone number here if you uh, have a lawn or garden question. We've cleared the line, so uh, call us now. Don't wait. We do tend to get busy as we Teresa do. knows. We do. 651-989-9226. 651 651- Nine eight nine nine two two six. Text number is eight one eight zero seven, and those are already coming in. If that's easier for you, eight one eight zero seven. I must say that our good friends at By the Yard Outdoor Furniture, yes. Patio Furniture, that family-run business down in Jordan, Minnesota, sponsors this show. They make it happen. Thank they make you, a By lot the Yard things. people. Yes. Thank you, because that's talk nice about, stuff. It, it, talk about earth friendly. It's huh? very earth friendly. Well, we'll talk about uh, that uh, that great company coming up in just a little bit. But thank you. Uh, they make it happen. All right, we're getting calls in. Okay. Texter says this: uh, if a plant, if I plant hops and wish to limit the spread, 
How large a container would you recommend inserting in the ground? Um, you know, I'd probably put them in the biggest container you have. So uh, what would that be? Maybe a 20, 25-gallon container. Okay. Um, and then sink that in. And just understand that they could self-seed too. So you've got to get the little seedlings out. Okay. So, unless you want hops everywhere, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Not a bad deal. They're very good if you harvest them and let them dry. Even if you're not making beer, you can make a hops pillow. And it's a dream pillow, so you can... No that, kidding. Because that, that fragrance will help relax you and you can stick that. that in your pillow and you'll go right through the alarm. Uh, hops, yeah. uh, Don't tell the boss I said no. that it was my fault. All right. Uh, by the way, that text number is 81807. We'll grab some more here. We're getting a bunch of calls as well. Uh, here's a text. Uh, I have a flowering crab. Leaves are small and less each year. Some fungus on the branches. Will a fungicide or fungicide if you prefer, Mm -hmm. help? Well, if you're already seeing it, it sounds, if you're seeing uh, like spores and and mushrooms on the branches, it could be that it's got some kind of rot inside. So it could be past the point of no return. You can try a fungicide. I would try it, you know, as soon as the weather warms up and and the fungicide is okay to use um, according to the instructions that they say how warm it has to be. I would also consider that you're going to have to probably Get rid of the crab and replant. So so start thinking about where you can put another tree and put in another crab apple or something and okay. get that going because the other one's on its way out. That was a text, and you can do the same at 81807 or phone us at 651-989-9226. Let's go to the phones, Teresa. Uh, Jane is calling from Prior Lake, I believe. Jane, you're on CCO. Good Hi. morning. Good morning, Jane. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. We had a, a beautiful geranium with a spike in the center, and... As it got towards fall, we brought it in in the basement. How can you, what do you do now that it's spring? Okay. You hope you've been watering it or whatever. Hopefully it's still yeah, alive. Yeah. All right. There's so, still green on it. Excellent. Every once in a while, a tiny little flower. Okay. Well, give it more light. So start bringing it where it can get more light or give it some more light. And when you start to see active growth, you may want to do some pruning. It might be a little gangly right now. Uh, do some pruning on it. And then when you start seeing active growth, you can start feeding it again. Or if it's blooming big flowers, you can feed it. But otherwise, do just start getting it uh, in a warm place and lots of sun. And just that extra light will really help it to start growing. Awesome. Thank you. Good luck. All right, mm-hmm. Jane, thank you. Uh, Jane leaves that line open if you want to phone in your lawn or garden question for Teresa. 651 651- Nine eight nine nine two two six. Who is next? Nick is calling from Shakopee. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, Nick. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, my yard and everything is on an old Class Five gravel parking lot, mm-hmm. and I've got a bunch of bare spots that I'd like to put grass seed down. I don't know. Anything about what kind of grass seed I should put or how I should treat it. And I know this is going to be in the future. I still have snow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but where do I go? I mean, okay. what do I do? First thing, Nick, um, write down extension.umn.edu okay. and go to the garden tab. Sam Bauer has some excellent uh, articles on revitalizing a lawn or planting a lawn. You, if you don't know what the soil is like, you may want to get a soil test done, and that will get you going in the right direction. Um, okay. Yeah, that's really good, and and you can do that as soon as the, as soon as you can see the dirt and dig in the soil. You can you can get that soil test going, and then you, oh. can, you can always add compost to the top of the soil, 
And then what you want to do is if you have a sunny, sunny area, you want a sunny mix. And if you have a shady area, you want a shady mix. You try to get a really good long, uh, seed um, so, so you know, not the not the dollar fifty nine for forty five pounds. <laughs> you want you want a good seed. Uh, you want decent okay. seed. So go to a good garden center or a good store where has where they have good seed. Um, look on the back of the seed packet. You want seed that isn't a lot of annuals. You don't want to see a lot of annual rye in there. You do want to see a lot of perennial. Um, that would be good. Uh, whether it's Kentucky Blue or Fescue or any combination of that depends on your sun or shade. And then just you want when you do plant, you want to make sure that you're seeing if you're, it's a bare area. You want to imagine five to seven seeds per square inch. That's about how thickly you're going to sow it. Real good seed to soil contact. So you want that seed down. You want to be able to press it into the soil. You have to keep that seed moist and they'll, it'll grow from anywhere from 7 to 20 to 28 days, depending on what variety it is, to germinate. And you just want to treat it gently. Um, keep it moist. Uh, so light, light. This is the one time when you can water frequently and lightly because you're, that's what you're, you're just trying to keep the little seeds moist. Mm-hmm. You won't be using a crabgrass pre-emergent in that area. And just follow Sam's instructions and you'll have a great lawn. Give us that uh, website again for, for uh, Nick and everybody. Extension.umn.edu. Or and the garden you, tab. And the garden tab. And if you can't remember that, just say lawns, UMN, and it'll bring yeah, you there. it'll bring it mm-hmm. there, yeah. yeah. And we have, by the way, I know there's a lot of national brands, but we have a great selection of good grass seed for our area Yeah, right here. We do, we do. And and the university is doing some great research. And at this time, maybe you want to think even about a no-mow, low-mow lawn if you're installing something. And that could be a great option. You only have to mow it once or twice a year. How about that? And it looks wonderful. It kind of looks like hay when it flops over a little bit, so it's not going to be that golf course kind of kind of lawn, but it's a great lawn to have. Save you some time. It saves you a lot of time. And it's wonderful for all the little critters to get out there, all the little insects and birds and skippers and things like that that we want um, to be in our environment. Teresa, hang on. We'll need to take hang a on. quick break. Folks on the line, stay there. Don't go away. We have uh, more time for your calls, whether they be phone calls or text messages, here on our Smart Garden Show. On 830 WCCO, a few clouds now on this St. Patrick's Day. CCO temperature reading 27. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show here on 830 WCCO. Denny all here with Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, helping you out by phone and by text. And we have a bunch of both, Teresa. So let's uh, put you back to work here. Who's uh, next? Uh, Rick is calling from Roseville with a question. Rick, good morning. Hi, Rick. Good morning. Uh, I've got a problem. Rabbits this year have uh, chewed the devil out of my arborvitae, my regalia, my lilacs, and chewed the hydrangea down to just bare stubs mm-hmm. at ground level. Mm-hmm. I use boning, liquid fence, and mothballs, none of which have helped. Um, fences are your friend. So, you know, try to put fences up. That will really help chicken wire um, or hardware cloth, whichever you can do. You need to do that in the fall. It's too late now. But there's such a huge rabbit population Ooh, yeah, I guess. That, that they have to eat something. And they're going to eat those plants that are not protected. And sometimes the fragrance things work, the repellents work, but sometimes they don't. The rabbits just say, hey, we smell this all the time. Or it's you have to scary. repeat them all. You have to repeat them, especially in the cold. And then if we get uh, melting, that could wash them away. And the cold, they don't last that long. So you have to reapply them. You've got to change them up frequently so they're not used to smelling the same thing all the time. Mm. 
But fences are just a, a whole lot easier and just put fences up. Yep. Same with deer, isn't it? Same with deer. Yep. No. Yep. All if right, you, Rick, sorry about that. If you were that. just out there in the snow, what would you eat? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go for Rick's lilacs. I don't know but, if I'd uh, go for the lilacs right. either. But Yeah, that's too bad. That, yeah, that was destroyed. Yeah, it, like it, that, is, it is hard. A lot of those bushes will recover. Um, the ar- the uh, arborvitae may recover at the bottom, but it's still fluffy up top probably, and the hydrangea will yep. reshoot up and everything. Thank you, Rick. Thanks, Rick. Let's go to Jerry, who's calling from St. Paul. Jerry, uh, good morning. You're on with Teresa. Hi, Jerry. Hi there. Good morning. Uh, my question is, I'm going to do some uh, lawn renovation. I want to remove some sod and then just kind of regrade it mm-hmm. and then put some seed down. And I know when you bring in black dirt, you bring in weeds. So my other question is, is there such a thing as... Uh, weed-free black dirt, whether I buy it by the bag or whether I buy it by bulk? And then should I put down a weed killer maybe a month after I put the seed down? Um, I wouldn't do the weed killer. Okay. I, I would I would um, get, get your soil from a, a reputable place and let them know your concerns. And a lot of that, they're screen out. A lot of the reason that, you're, um, that you see weeds in this fresh dirt is because the grass hasn't taken over yet and the weed seeds blow in. So they take over. So they may not have been in the dirt. It's possible that they were, but they probably were not in the dirt. They were just blown in or brought in. So you just need to get that grass up and growing as quickly as you possibly can and, and just treat it. Again, I would um, you know, invite you to go to the extension.umn.edu and click on the Renovating the Lawn um, t- you know, Sam has some really good ideas, and you just don't want to have the bare soil and then put straight black dirt on top of it. There's a little mixing that you need to go in. When you get two different kinds of soils next to each other. It's a, it almost creates like a wall between the two, and, and plant roots have a hard time breaking through well, that's that. that's interesting. So you need to kind of mix it up a little well, bit. You suggested, too, and something I should be doing is getting a, a soil a test. A soil test, What does yep. Sam say? It's like 17 bucks. There's $17, like yeah. yeah. And so, so if you have a front yard and a backyard, you may want to do two tests. Uh, if you have a lawn and a garden, you want to do two different tests. Um, but it's really easy, and once you get your your um, information back, if you have a question, go to your garden center or find a master gardener, and they'll help you interpret the test if there's something you don't understand. Very good. We have Master Gardener Teresa Rooney in studio helping you out today by phone or by text. Let's see who's been waiting. Dennis is calling from Vadness Heights with a question. Uh, Dennis, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hey, Dennis. Thanks for waiting. Good morning. I really enjoy your show. Thank you. I have a couple of questions on the raspberries. Yes. Um, uh, it was just several years ago I had a bumper crop of raspberries, and uh, the last few years haven't been the greatest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard uh, conflicting opinions as far as uh, uh, trimming back the old uh, growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you recommend? Uh, my aunt says uh, just leave them grow the way they are and uh, cut out the dead stalks in the spring. And Yep, you you can do that. You can cut out the dead uh once once it's fruited, that cane's probably not going to fruit again, um, at least the, not the next uh, next year. They don't fruit over and over and over again. So you can cut those out. You want to make sure that there's a good air circulation. So for each plant, you want about six to nine primal canes. Um, you want to make sure that there's uh, they're heavy feeders, so you may need to add some fertilizer or some compost. And then also look overhead. Sometimes trees come in and they start growing, and it's getting a little shadier than it might have been before. That could be a reason why you're seeing less produce. Uh, so those are some options to look at. And, again, I would uh, go to extension.umn.edu. They have an absolutely excellent um, article on raspberries, okay. when to cut them back and how to cut them back and clean them up and everything. And as we always do, as you know, Teresa, we'll repeat that website. Yes, uh, many the times today. Yes, and as it should be. <laughs>
Uh, Sue in River Falls is next up. Uh, Sue, thanks for waiting. Well, how can we help you? Hi, Sue. Hi. Um, I have black plastic garbage bags filled with straw covering my garden. Okay. And I just checked now, and the tulips and bulbs are already coming up. Should I take those off? You know, uh, you you can. Uh, I would pull them off. Um, what you may see when you do that, and, and they're just going to keep growing under there because it's kind of warm. And and obviously the soil is thawed out, so so they're growing. Uh, what you're going to see when you take those bags off is all that foliage may brown off and frost off and die. Don't worry, you'll still get more foliage and the the tulips, uh, the the flowers themselves are still way underground, so they're not going to. But you may want to just pull back some of those bags just a little bit and start letting some of the cooler air in so that the tulips know that, hey, it's not quite spring yet. Okay. Very good. Thank you, Sue. Thanks, Sue. Uh, by the way, there, we're going to have another half hour of the show to go. Annie, uh, you're going to be next up on the phone, but we have texters as well. Again, another half hour remains of our Smart Garden Show with Teresa Rooney. Call us or text us, 651-989-9226. There is a line open. Or uh, send a text, and we'll pick up on that text screen when we come back, too, at 81807. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO Radio, brought to us every week by our friends at By the Yard Patio Furniture. Uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is in studio with us. Teresa, a lot of callers, a lot of texters. Okay. Let's get back to it. Uh, Annie is calling from Princeton, I believe. Annie, thanks for waiting. What can we do for you? Hi, Annie. Hi. I'm going to be moving, and I'd like to take my plants with me. Mm-hmm. However, we have a bad bout with Japanese beetles. Mm-hmm. When I dig up those plants, what should I do so I don't take those Japanese beetles where I'm going? Because where I'm going, they're not there yet. Um, what you can do if, you, if you're really worried about it is you could take all the soil off of the roots of your plants and then everything would be a bare root. But I don't think you have to worry that much. Um, it, the the beetles probably have they're more in the in the grassier areas so just try to take as less soil as you possibly can and and that will help and then just do watch and if you see a japanese beetle just kill it right away in the spring of your new home and that's all you really have oh, to do okay. but that's good that you're considering that because that's how a lot of our insects move so easily awareness um, awareness yeah. you know it's usually on wood but yeah things get moved around and yeah Congrats on the new move, Anne. Yes, congratulations. You. Enjoy your new home. Texter says pansies will be available in April to make them last. Do you pinch back so they last into the summer? You can. They just don't like the heat. So understand that they may not make it through the summer if it's really hot. Give them some shade. Let them be in a cooler area, and you have a better chance of them coming through. Texter says a hibiscus, a three-tree size, were covered in white flies. Wrap them in painter's plastic and sprayed. Also put systemic in soil. Three weeks have passed. Have sprayed numerous times and flies are still present. How long till they're gone? Plants remain wrapped. I, I would I would make sure that you're, um, that, well, with the systemic, that's in the plant now. So you're okay with that. And just don't eat any of the flowers or anything like that. Um, and just understand that those flies could be coming from other places, not just your plants. Make sure the plants are able to breathe and they're not stressed in that plastic. And and do follow the instructions on the spray, whether it says every seven days or five days or, or ten days. Don't overdo it. Don't underdo it. You have to keep right on schedule because they lay eggs and then those eggs hatch again. Okay. Good advice. 
Back to the phones we go. Barbara is calling from Minneapolis with a question or a comment. Barbara, what can we do for you? Hi, Barbara. I want to tell the guy about the weed-free soil. Yes, oh. I, I used to work in a garden center, and uh, the earlier you order your soil, the more weeds you're apt to get from the year before. They're on the top part of the soil. Uh-huh. And also, we used to use a vaponized soil, which was weed-free, but I don't know if there's the, uh, nurseries that you do that anymore. Oh, the vapam that they use. Okay. Well, good. Thanks, Barbara. Yeah, Appreciate thanks. the... Uh, the info. Yeah. We've got great listeners. Mm-hmm. You know? We do, we do. Very well informed. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. if you want to call it in. Uh, let's see who's now. Sheila is calling from North Oaks, I believe. Hi, Sheila. Hi, Sheila. Well, hi. You know, um, uh, I'm, I'm wondering, with this nice warm weather that we've been having, is it too late to trim my crab apple and apple trees? Nope. Go ahead and trim those. In fact, I was hoping somebody would answer the, ask that question. It's still a great time to get those trees pruned. The only trees you're not going to want to prune probably are your birches and your maple. And that's just because the sap is running. And when you prune them, you're going to get a lot of bleeding. And you're going to think that's really horrible. And you're going to feel really bad that you hurt your tree. really doesn't hurt the tree that much. But, um, but you will feel horrible. When you see all that stuff. So go ahead. Sheila should go ahead. Please do go ahead. Yes. All right. Texter says, when's the latest I can limb an oak tree? Uh, I uh, would get it done as soon as yeah. possible. Uh, I, you know, depending upon the temperatures, the end of March. But if you've seen insects flying around outside, I wouldn't do it. Don't do it. I wouldn't do it. Rick in Minneapolis is calling in with a question. Go ahead, Rick. Good morning. Hi, Rick. Good morning. See, I, I've uh, grown dahlias for the last couple of years, and they've come out really beautiful. And uh, the first year, I tried to save the bulbs, mm-hmm. dug them up, and uh, they kind of got all rotten and moist and stuff. Yep. So I ordered some more. I, I purchased them from Washington State one year and then Oregon the next year. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this year, I, did, I, I dug them up, and I kept them in a bucket mm-hmm. to keep them dry. Mm-hmm. You know? Can Are they reusable? Can I try planting them again? Or should I, I would. I would. And... Dahlia bulbs are really hard to overwinter. They have a tricky humidity level that they need. They rot really easy or they can dry out really easy. So it's kind of kind of tricky how to keep that temperature and the humidity at the right level. But if the bulbs are not rotted and they haven't dried out where they just turn dusty, definitely I would go ahead and maybe even start uh, planting some of them up now. I'm, I'm not 100% sure when you should do that in, in a pot and start get them going and then plant those uh, plants out so you get a little earlier yeah, flowers. Like- Usually I plant them right around the 1st of June, and then they, they flower like crazy up through October. Oh, okay, okay. So you're okay with the later flowering. That's <clears throat> cool, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, well, great. Thank Enjoy. you. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. All right, Rick, thank you. And Rick leaves that line open if you want to phone in your question for Teresa. 651-989-9226 or send a text at 81807. Here's a text, uh, Teresa. When is it time to replace a 30-year-old spruce tree? It it depends. If it's a Colorado blue spruce, I'd probably think about replacing it soon. Their lifespan in our climate, because we have such hot, humid summers, is a little little reduced. Uh, you know, twenty, thirty, forty years, and they're probably gone. If it's a Black Hill spruce and it's looking healthy, you probably won't have to replace it for another thirty or forty years or fifty years, possibly. So it just depends on how healthy it is and what what you're looking for. If it's getting too big for the area, then you know, go ahead and do that one prune where you just chop it off and, and plant something that's appropriate for the situation. That kind of follows the next uh, te- a text, and maybe maybe the website would be good for this. Can you please recommend a good native Minnesota tree that does well in sandy soil, has good height and foliage, isn't messy with twigs and seeds, et cetera? 
Uh, is that wow? Uh, that's that's uh, asking an awful lot from a tree because <laughs> trees, you know, a native tree is going to want to reseed and it's going to naturally drop twigs and things. That's what trees do. I've looked at um, the website for trees before. Is there, that a there good source? There are some. There is some some wonderful. There is good good information on that for native trees. Extension. Edu. You get some really good ideas. Um, the soil condition is very important to consider. And uh, and also then um, the height of the tree that you're looking for. So look up, make sure there's no wires or anything, and always call eight one one before you dig. That's the law. Good deal. Let's see who's been calling in here. Isaac is calling from Winthrop with a question. Isaac, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Isaac. Hi. I was wondering in regards to uh, raspberry plants, what is the best variety for our area, and uh, where's a good place to purchase them? Local garden centers are your best for uh, best shot. They'll do the ones that are good for our area, and they'll be able to talk you through it. We have a lot of wonderful varieties. Um, I would go to the extension.umn.edu. They have a list of the raspberries that are that are really good for our area, uh, whether they're a spring or a fall bloomer. Um, or uh, fruiter, they, they have all that information. So, so there's wonderful ones. There's red ones, and there's or um, yellow ones. Uh, there's even a few black ones out there. So, just just go to the website and just be amazed at how many different varieties there are. And they'll give you, you know, the height and how big they get and how how heavy they fruit. And so, depending upon what you're looking for, you'll get some good information. We do have some great garden centers around. Here. We do. Ha- we have wonderful garden yeah. centers, and and it's really good to try to. You know, patronize your local garden center. They're in business. They're in part of your community. And let them know what you're looking for because they want to sell what you're looking for. Absolutely. Uh, Let's go back to the phones and we'll grab some text messages. Sean is calling from Brooklyn Park, I believe. Sean, you're on CCO. Hi, Sean. Good morning. Good morning. Say we have a um, flowering apple. Yes. um, That has, I think, some kind of a disease. What happens is... uh, you know, it it blooms for about a week, and it's just gorgeous, and then the rest of the year it's kind of a pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but is, is there something that we can do to treat that tree? Yep, it probably is losing uh, leaves and looks kind of bare by August. Is that is that what happens? I'm guessing that's what happens. Is that what happens, yeah. Sean? Yeah, yeah. okay. So that's, yes, it is. That's apple scab. It's a, it's a fungal disease, so there are some things you can do. Um, clean up really well when it starts dropping those leaves. So you get as many of the spores out of the area as you possibly can. Uh, you can start spraying, and you want to spray as you're seeing. Um, I believe this is, but always read the instructions. Um, as you're seeing the colors of the bud, but the flowers have not opened. Then after the flowers have fallen, so after petal fall, and then by that time all the pollination has been taking place, and then you can spray your fungicide. And then if it's a really hot, humid spring, like it often is, or a wet spring, you spray 7 to 10 days later. And so you spray three times for that apple scab. Any fruit tree spray, uh, you can get that anywhere in the garden centers. Read the instruction. Apple scab is what you're looking for. Sanitation is really important, so you want to clean that up as, as well as possible. And then just make sure the tree isn't stressed more by going into drought or something like that. So that's All right. what you do. Very good, Sean. Thank you. Texter wants to know, can I trim a Japanese U now? You know, I'd probably wait until it comes out of dormancy a little and then just start trimming it back a little at that time. That's what I would do. Those those evergreens, they're, they're a little trickier. You want you don't want to stress them, and they don't have big needles. They don't have big uh, green areas. They just have all those little needles, so you don't want to do a lot of extra pruning that you don't have to. Okay. 
Teresa, we need to take a quick okay. break. We have more show to come. Callers, stay where you are. Textures will pick up on your questions as well. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Heard every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks for your texts and your phone calls. And Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, is helping us out today. And there's still a bunch of both, Teresa. Excellent. So let's see if we can't uh, help out folks as many as we as can As many as today. we can. All right. Who's uh, been waiting? Dell is calling from Minneapolis. Dell, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Dell. Good morning. Uh, I have a world-class Harrelson apple tree. Yes. It's probably 65 years old and it's still producing. Wonderful. World-class. We're talking. You love your tree. Excellent. I, I want to keep that tree in another tree, mm-hmm. and I'm looking for uh, a rootstock. Mm-hmm. And where do I find a, a rootstock, and what kind would I would I get? You know, there's there's some really good uh, places over in Wisconsin. I don't know the name. Um, you may want to double check when the arboretum. They often have a, a class on rootstock or uh, uh, grafting apple trees, so you can look into that. Um, I would just also go, maybe Google grafting apple trees in UMN or go to the university website. There's there's a bunch of different stocks, and it kind of depends on how big you want your tree, whether you want a dwarf stock or, or a semi-dwarf or a full-grown, and I understand that will impact how quickly that tree comes into bearing. Uh, but that's a great great way to get your whips off of your tree or your um, the, the scions off of your tree, and then you can put them on the rootstock. Um, I can't remember any of the M14s or whatever numbers of the rootstock that would be the best. But um, there are some, some good uh, information at the university. That's probably where I'd start. Okay. And then grafting apples. And I've seen a few grafting classes out there, but not that many. But I have seen it and heard about it. All right. Very good. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bonnie is calling in from Mound with a question. Go ahead, Bonnie. Thank you. Hi, Bonnie. Hi there. I have a beautiful night-blooming cirrus plant, mm-hmm. and it uh, it over the winter I have I've had it a number of years, and over the winter it has had a lot of the leaves. Well, they're they're funny-looking little leaves. You know how they are, mm-hmm. and they they get dry and crispy, and I can just snap them right off. And I'm wondering if there's a way that I can take some portion of this plant um, and then start a new plant, just in case this one goes belly up on me, because um, I really like them. Yep. I, I'm sure there is. Uh, the, the tropicals are are a little beyond my my hands-on knowledge. So what I would do is I would suggest you go to the University of Florida. Uh, so Google like Cirrus, Florida, EDU and get right into there. Um, they have some absolutely wonderful information, and, and that's where I would go if you have any questions on any of your tropicals. I'd head right down to the Florida Extension. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good info. Sorry, I don't know that much. And then it probably needs a little more humidity in your house, so try to put it on a pebble tray. That would be my guess. All right. Uh, let's see. Before we grab some text, Brent is calling from Roseville with a question. Brent, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Brent. Good morning. Hi, I received a piece of lily back in December, and it looked very nice, and I have nice flowers and everything on it. And I've, I've read a little bit about uh, keeping it moist, mm-hmm. 
um, and fertilizing mm-hmm. it. And I, I don't know for sure what type of fertilizer to use. Is there a certain kind for you that? You know, or? probably I would use uh, probably something that you mix up in the water. Uh-huh. So it'll just be for your house plants. So, so just any of the ones that you can find at the garden centers. Um, you know, I'm going to say like Miracle Grow, but any of those will work just fine. Probably do half strength in the winter. If it's growing a lot, you can do full strength. But otherwise, I do half strength when they as often as they tell you to do it, um, making sure that, and you may want to also get some distilled water. Uh, the the lilies are a little sensitive to some of the fluoride and the um, chlorine in our water. So use distilled water or rainwater uh, to water the plant. That'll help too. you know, get a little less brown leaves. Okay, would that help with getting new flowers too? Because it isn't getting any new ones. Right, um, and and they, they they may need a little more light to get those flowers. And it's not something that blooms all of the time. So you're only going to get flowers occasionally. Uh, so you want to just keep those leaves as healthy as possible. Give it as a little more light, maybe. Uh, that'll help with some of the flowering. And it likes to be a little bit rip-bound. That helps too. Okay. Good, Good luck, luck, Grant. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Thank you. Shirley is calling from Hopkins with a question for Teresa. Go ahead, Shirley. Hi, Shirley. Um, hi, good morning. Um, I am uh, going to uh, be pulling my geraniums out of their brown paper sack mm-hmm. and uh, starting them again. And um, I was wondering if now is too early. Nope, I'd go ahead and do it. Okay, and yeah. then also I have to buy some new dirt to plant them in. Mm-hmm. I put them in old coffee um, containers. Mm-hmm. And um, should I buy fertilizer with, I mean, uh, dirt with fertilizer y- in it? You know, it's nearly impossible now. I've, I have found to find the, fer- the potting soil that doesn't have fertilizer in it, so I wouldn't look for that specifically. If you can find it without, that's nice. But if you find it and that's the only thing you can find, then just go ahead and use it. Um, but, yeah, sometimes I find it's really hard to find potting soil without that fertilizer in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good, Shirley. Thank you. I don't want to forget some texters either, Teresa. Let's okay. see if we can't grab a few before you take your leave. Okay. Uh, good morning. It says, I would like your suggestions on which broad-spectrum fruit spray to use on multiple varieties of my apple trees and the approximate time to start. Uh, thanks for your excellent advice, Teresa. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, first of all, you have to know why you're spraying. So there's a wonderful, just I think Bonide has the fruit tree spray, but you can find it in any any garden center, and it'll just say fruit tree spray, nothing special. But you do have to spray according to what diseases you're, you're spraying for. So you have to know why you're spraying. You just don't want to spray because you want to spray. So you have to know why you're spraying, and then spray at the timetable that it says. If you pull out, there's a whole long page, and it has all the different diseases and when to spray. Texter says, with regards to raspberries and that little raspberry worm or larvae that oh, is in yeah. the fruits, would the it be best? Winged would it be best to? Well, it says illuminate. I'm sure they mean eliminate all yes. the raspberries and start over. If so, how long should I wait to start over the the plant? You know, I wouldn't. Um, I would just if your raspberries are healthy, just go ahead and keep them. Um, try to do sanitation is really important. So pick the fruit as soon as it's getting close to being ripe, uh, and you don't want the fruit to be then because the the riper it is the more um, the the female will lay her eggs in there. So pick it really fast. Um, You know, and you may even want to just invite a lot of birds into your yard and let them eat all of the raspberries because they'll eat it a little bit green and they'll probably cut back that population. So if you can go a year or two maybe letting them have most of them. But clean up the the fallen fruit and don't let the fruit rot, rot on the vines. Okay. A lot of apple tree questions today. Mm-hmm. Here's another text. When can I spray my apple trees? Again, if you're spraying, you need to know why you're spraying. 
If it's a, for scab, you spray as the bud shows color of the flower. You, sh- you spray after petal drop so there's no pollinators around. And then if it's moist, uh, humid out, you spray 7 to 10 days later, and sanitation is really important. If you're spraying for other diseases, you spray according to the fruit tree spray. Okay. And you know what we should do, too, before you leave is we always promise to give again the uh, the website. Site. Yes, extension.umn.edu. Click on the garden tab. You know, grab a beer. Well, maybe wait an hour or two and then grab a beer <laughs> and just, just peruse that website for a little while. This You're afternoon. kind of into the St. Patrick's Day. I'm into the St. Patrick's Day, yes. Faith and Begora. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Again, the website uh, is, is extension.umn.edu. And click on the garden. Click it on the has garden so tab. many great pieces of information. There's so many. You there. can get lost in there, and that's okay. Just wander and through. And you mentioned Sam Bauer's name, too. So yes. if you're interested in your lawn care, yeah. this guy knows his yeah. stuff. And, and, uh, and if you're interested in that Lomo, Lomo stuff and um, bee lawns. Yeah. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Thanks, everyone. Teresa. Good to Thank see you, you again. Good Thank to you. See you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.